Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks for being here, especially you first-time listeners. Glad that you could make it. We have a ton of episodes, over 200. You can listen to them wherever you listen to podcasts, probably where you're listening right now, I would imagine. And today's guest is Kyle Gordon. Very excited to share that chat with you. But first, a couple of things. We have a new video dropping on our YouTube page, so go check that out. It's a, just a fun little video that we put together, and you can go to youtube.com slash there it is to check that out. Also, you may have heard about this show called Hysterical on FX. It was following some women in comedy, and recent guest Kelly Bachman was featured on it, and it was a great moment and go check that out if you haven't and if you haven't heard the episode with her from last month go check that out as well okay now today's episode is with a guy i just think is super hilarious he's also super nice he's so funny he's so in control of his funny on stage doing improv or doing characters and bits and now he is using that on tiktok to great success and I talked to him about all that stuff and more in this really fun and insightful chat. So let's just get right to it. Here's my chat with Kyle Gordon. Justina and I love you, love your comedy. Uh, girlfriend <laughs> of the show, Justina. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we've, we've loved you on stage doing improv and doing character stuff. And then, of course, now we see all of the uh, online videos you've done. Of course, that's parlayed into TikTok. Uh, in this last year and uh, you're doing great stuff awesome yeah thanks yeah um yeah i appreciate that it's it's been fun yeah we actually ran into you once when you were working on a, a piece yeah um <laughs> did that come out i don't think i saw that one so that's funny yeah that was definitely pre-covid that was like you know two summers ago yeah and um yeah that never came out i just haven't gotten that edited but um uh, I, I've kind of ended up doing that character just on TikTok, you know, <laughs> for in two in two seconds in my room. So it's like I spent all that time doing all that other stuff. But oh, I mean, funny. it'd be fun. Hopefully, it will come out. But um, but yeah, not yet. I have to see that one. You had what a like a CPR dummy or something with you? <laughs> yeah, I had like uh, so I have this song like the it's like a. Um, kind of like a bossa nova jazz smooth like you know jazz guitar brazilian music parody song and it's called the ugliest girl on the beach so to play <laughs> the ugliest girl on the beach we got um it was i don't even know how you describe it it's like it's like a giant sock puppet kind of thing <laughs> it's like a human-sized sock puppet <laughs> oh but yeah arms I mean, and was... legs and like a no face. It was really. Funny. It was frightening looking. Yeah, yeah um, it was horrifying. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, we were just at the beach for the day, just enjoying ourselves, and we walk over like, "Oh, Kyle's here! Oh, hey!" And then we see this thing, and you're like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, oh, man. Uh, let's. I want to get go back here and kind of figure out how you got into comedy, or hear how you got into comedy, because at Magnet we were seeing you on stage. You have a very specific sort of voice, uh, yeah. a comedic voice, and I uh, want to definitely tap into how you've developed that, but I, I feel like we have to go back to how it all started for you. Was comedy something that you were doing since you were young and, and doing bits? Was that something you you're always doing? Like, What is your background? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, like, kind of you know, have the classic background of like, you know, class clown, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, 
but just in terms of, you know, you hear class clown and you think of a million things. Right. Um, you know, like there's the kid who just like, you know, whips his dick out every class and, <laughs> you know, but, uh, no, I mean like, that's a good way to put it. It was like, I was just always doing bits, but I didn't know they were bits and like aggressively and like too much doing bits, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and yeah, so I've always kind of been doing that, but I never really thought seriously about doing you know, it's like, you, you know, that's another classic thing. It's like you never it never really crosses your mind that comedy is a like a thing you can really even do um, until like college. And then I start I like, you know, went to an open I went to school in Ohio and it was like about a half hour uh, east of Columbus, my school. And so I drove into Columbus one time for um like an open mic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of did like, it's online actually. You can find it it's on YouTube. It's like, you know, Kyle Gordon, Columbus, funny bone, 2012 or whatever. <laughs> uh, and, um, I, uh, just, um, uh, yeah, I did like an open mic and I did like a weird kind of, kind of, I would call it like, kind of like a, I, I was trying to be kind of like Tim and Eric, Kyle Mooney ripoff, I guess, kind of what I was trying to do. But I was kind of being a character. I wasn't like, you know, I was kind of doing like alt comedy, like, you know, not doing real jokes. Uh, <laughs> right. Kind of cringy looking back on, but it's it's out there. So, yeah. That's kind of, <laughs> and then from there, I was like, yeah, I want to, I can actually, or I want to try. Just well, do. Comedy. So you were in college when you started and... Um... And we're putting things out there that people can find. It kind of reminds me when you say that it was cringeworthy, it reminds me of bands when they were in college and they were still just trying to figure out how to do the thing and they were excited about it. So they were putting shows together. Uh, they, when they get successful with it and, and good at it uh, and famous for known for it, they look back at that stuff and they're like, Ooh, cringeworthy. Oh, I can't believe yeah. I said that or did that. Um, but people now, I mean, you say cringeworthy with comedy and, and, and it was, you know, 10 years ago. Um, people can easily look at it as like, Oh, is this something that's potentially offensive or was it just cringeworthy and that it was like kind of like too simple or something or missing the joke somehow. I think it was cringeworthy in ter- well one um and and so I'll say one when when it's cringeworthy that doesn't mean I like regret it or <laughs> right. like you know like it's just not as sophisticated for lack of a better term as what you Yeah would do right now. I didn't know what I was doing in a lot of ways but but then again you know I'd always kind of been like you know it did kind of come naturally to me in some sense but then also, I, well, I would say specifically that stuff, it was cringy more in terms I see all my influences and it seems kind of <laughs> derivative to me. Ah, uh, yeah, exactly, um, yeah. So that, in that way, it's cringy because I'm like, oh, I'm doing like a <laughs> shitty Tim, you know, Tim Heidecker. Like, that, you know, that's kind of how I, I do that. I could see that those guys were your uh, were people that you liked because you do have this uh, uh, style uh, of comedy and the sense of humor that is sort of like, I don't know anyone else who's doing jokes like this. And those are a couple of guys like that where it's like, they are just working on some other level. Like it's they're, they're marching to the beat of their own drum and it's the same with you. Um, and so that's where, I guess that's some of where you, you come from with uh, your comedic voice is being this uh, uh, unique thinker or, Marching to the beat of your own drum. Well, I really, really appreciate you saying that. And like, that's been my goal all along. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that too, because probably since college, I haven't watched, you know, this is just like, you know, this is all inside baseball. So this is perfect. But like, (laughs) uh, you know, I probably haven't watched any Tim and Eric, Tim Heidecker or Kyle Mooney since college, because I was so hyper aware of wanting to develop my own voice and not wanting to sound like other people. And even still like, you know, uh, I like, I haven't watched anything Kyle Mooney in probably 10 years. And like, he's still like an influence on me. Same thing with Tim Heidecker. Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, what, what, one thing I respected them so much precisely because they had their own like 
unique voice more than anything else. You know, I mean, you can like different things about different comedians. What's Mm -hmm. most, what I like the most and what I think is the funniest and the most fun is people who have their own unique voice more than anything. So um, while like, you know, when I was in high school and like early college, when I was like, you know, absorbing comedy, I love that stuff. But once I decided I want to do comedy, I could never watch it again because I didn't want to get their voice in my head. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because uh, a lot of the stuff I do, it's just like it, I, I can see the Seth Meyers influence or the whoever influence on it. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely when I started doing stand up. I a lot of people were like, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, you got like a Seinfeld like thing and I was like yeah mm-hmm. and then one guy actually nailed it he was like you're a cross between Seinfeld and Dave Chappelle and I was like yeah yeah <laughs> I totally see that yeah. um and the most unique comics that I know don't watch a lot of other comedy and and, right. and uh, to a great degree because they don't like a stand-up I was talking he was like uh, I don't I don't watch specials I don't watch yeah. people's specials and it makes sense because you want to make your own stuff and you you know it's it keeps it really you if you aren't taking in too much influence from the outside yeah totally um i mean i you know to each their own some people you right. know i know comedians who watch t- tons of other comedy t- tons of comedy and some who don't um i, I for me personally and i think a lot yeah, as you mentioned there are a lot of people who kind of fall into this category i, I really can't i don't want to watch a lot of comedy like especially like on tv or online um again for the exact exact reason i don't want to get someone else's voice in my head mm-hmm. um but then also you know pre-covid uh you know i was doing all these shows and seeing <laughs> so much comedy anyway i couldn't avoid right, it right so i didn't want to like literally i mean i was already in, in a way oversaturated so i like mm-hmm. didn't you know that was the you know that was like the the baseline so i didn't want to like really oversaturate it but yeah Ryan, it's easy to do. I mean, you were on Sexy Baby, a house team at Magna, and you're on some other house teams before that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the most recent house team you were on. And mm-hmm. you, I mean, and I, I know this, and everyone who's on a house team, they know, like, you see a bunch of the shows. You can't help but see a, a <laughs> bunch of, <laughs> right. that's part of the fun of the night, of the house team night, and uh, is seeing a couple of shows, and that means you're seeing at least three other teams other than your own. So yeah, you, that's definitely going to saturate it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no. And I, I do think one slight caveat is that with improv, it's learning such a like specific, it is in a certain sense, especially at the beginning Mm -hmm. when you're starting to do improv, you're learning like a very specific, unique, like craft that, you know, for as funny as or as many bits as I did as a kid, like when you're learning improv, it's like you're learning like a trade almost. Um, and it's like, you know, it comes more or less. But like when you're watching other people, it was very helpful to me when I was learning like capital I improv, it, you know, because to see how other people do it was like really helpful in yeah. developing yeah. improv. And I, I would distinguish that from, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't, but like, I think when you're like changing from just like a funny guy doing bits to like actually trying to do comedy, whether it's improv or stand up, like actually watching other people do it is really helpful. For sure. Especially early on, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And improv is also different in the in that respect because because people are doing it on the fly, it's not the crafted thing that's easier yeah. to be uh, and super influenced by because people are just like doing right. spur of the moment stuff. <laughs> yeah, you could watch like Chris Farley for like, you know, literally a week straight nonstop. And then you get up on stage and it's like what, you know, you're improvising. So it's like whatever is in the back of your head, <laughs> you know, like you can try to be whoever you want. But if you're like, you know, doing shit on the fly, that's exactly right. Like, you, yeah, you know, what's going to come out is going to what's going to come out. Right. <laughs> when you started doing improv, what was the the goal there? Like, was it and and when did you start doing improv? So I graduated in 2014, and pretty much almost immediately after, I came to New York and started doing improv. Um, and yeah, that's when I did it. And to be honest, I didn't know 
at first what the goal was. Like, I think I wanted to be a comedian, but I didn't know what that meant. Like, in you know, but um, and uh, I, I did improv because it seemed to like fit my skill set. I knew I would never be like a stand up joke teller guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew just that was not my skill set. So, um, yeah, I came and pretty much like immediately um, started taking classes. And, 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 and the thing too was like, you know, I, I was kind of realistic about it. It was like, I don't know you know, being the funniest kid in your high school is different than coming to New York and like actually being good at comedy. So I literally was like, I need to figure out if I'm actually good. Ah, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that was part of it too. When you do improv, uh, your voice is still like very clear. And, um, and it's when you joined sexy baby, I was like, Oh, what a perfect choice for that Mm -hmm. team. I'm so glad that they added him. Um, but you come in with a you know your own unique perspective, but it's not this. It's not done in this sort of overpowering way where you are trying to control the scene or or trying to steal from anyone else. It's it's really been great to see because I've also seen you do character bits uh, to to see you take that energy uh, that you have that's unique to you and weave it into the group game that is improv. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I appreciate that as well. Uh, um, I think that was something always I was kind of cognizant of. Um, like, I know my own impulses, and uh, like, I know there's a. Uh, so, so uh, one I would say, like, especially when I started, I maybe tended to do that more, um, and so I've kind of that was kind of like a work in progress. So, because. Um, uh, um, you know, sometimes cause when you come out with really big, sometimes somewhat cartoonish energy, like at different times, it can, it can, it can, it can sometimes like, you know, suck all the energy on stage. And that's not always the best if you're doing an improv scene, especially. Right. So like that was, uh, that was kind of, uh, something I worked on over the years. Oh, cool. And how did you work on that? Um, I think it was just kind of, you know, it was just being conscious of it. So like mm. once I started to work on it, it was like, you know, and, and I'm big into like the only way you work on it is just by doing tons of improv and like kind of having that in the back of your mind or like mm-hmm. doing tons of anything you want to work on it, just get up on stage and do it, you know? Um, and so like, I knew that was something I wanted, I, I was cognizant of. And so sometimes that would be, you know, in the back of my mind, it was like, don't, suck all the energy in this scene because it's not good for anyone so like sometimes that would result in me hanging back too much because i'm like over aware like you know too too cognizant of it and then i'm not being as assertive as i should be and then other times you know i i'm too assertive so it's like you know you fluctuate back and forth until you just kind of get the hang of it right i think what makes me hang back isn't it isn't as helpful as what you're describing because when I do it, it's just like, Oh, don't be, uh, don't be that guy who's always like has to come into the scene, but that's not really the helpful sort of mindset on the sidelines. The helpful mindset is like, what can be used? Uh, what can be helped? Um, but instead when it's all right, uh, I know not to do this, but what can I do? It sounds like that's more what you were doing of like, what is there for me to do here? And that seems like a healthier way to approach <laughs> uh, not well, sucking the uh, energy out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's different for everyone. And it's also a thing of like, you know, it, it, of course, it's not exactly right. But like in a broad sense, the idea of like the 10,000 hours thing, it's like right. you just do it enough and it becomes second nature and you uh-huh. have a better instinct for it. Um, and you can only figure out it out by just doing it a ton. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's different. You know, my impulses are different than your impulses, which are different than the other person's impulses. So, like, for example, you have me who I, I did struggle with, like, I was probably going out too much and, cre- you know, going out on stage and doing characters that were too big and too, like, black hole. Like, you know, it's a black hole <laughs> sucking everything in. Right. And so my, the thing I had to work on was, like, bringing it back to equilibrium and so sometimes 
in being overware and not having enough hours in like learning this crap, like skill, you know, sometimes that would result in me hanging back too much because I'm overthinking. But over time, you know, it balances out. Whereas like someone else who maybe is holding back too much and wants to, you know, go out there, maybe they're going to go out there and, you know, do some scenes where they're too big or they're going out too much. They'll have a show where they're going out too much because they're thinking about that. And, you know, in the same way, they'll find the, their equilibrium. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's like each person has their own journey. But like once you do it enough and if you have good instincts to begin with and, you know, good taste, like you'll you'll kind of figure, you, you know, it, you'll get there eventually. But it's going to be a lot of, you know rough shows to get there that's just the human nature for sure what sort of differences were you seeing between developing as an improviser versus developing uh, a comedic voice through sketch or or other pieces that you're doing that were more like that yeah so that's interesting so like um you know i i've heard improv describe as you're just like writing live collaboratively. Uh Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, I think it's true to varying extents depending on who you're asking, but I think it's really true for me because so much of my writing process is, well, for one, because I mostly do characters, um, you know, 95% of the time I'm writing for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I like to do anyway. Um, you know, I like to write for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so improv was really amazing training for me in that respect because, um, you know, I learned to write by doing improv because you just like, you just, you're just coming up with ideas live and you're practicing coming up with ideas And, um, so that's kind of the best thing. I kind of really think I, you know, other than it being fun to do in and of itself, I think the best thing that improv I got from improv was the ability to write and especially write for myself. Um, and so once I started doing more characters and writing more scripted stuff and writing it for myself, and we can get into my process a little bit about how I do that, but like, um, but it just made it, you know, it was much harder for me to learn how to improvise than it was for me to learn how to write character. Interesting. Yeah. And I, but I guess part of that is because you had learned how to write through doing improv. True. Yeah, um, exactly. That's what John Favreau said about Interesting. Uh, how improv taught him how to write. And that was, mm-hmm. was why he was able to write swingers was because mm-hmm. of improv. Uh, um what is your process when you are, let's say you're doing a character piece that's going to be on stage. What is your process? Yeah. So it's kind of gone through stages. Uh, I mean, I guess I would start, I started doing characters like formally. Um, well, you know, I always had, I had this like kind of pop punk parody band called my dark little corner uh-huh. back in the day. Um, and you know, but that actually started from me writing these like joke songs in college that I would just okay. play for friends. That was like, you know, a pop punk parody song. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, kind of wrote some more. Um, but, uh, so that was kind of like my first taste, but I'd already kind of started doing that in college just for fun. And, you know, it's different to write a parody song, but, um, you know, when you're writing characters, um, so originally, you know, I wouldn't even write really anything down. My favorite way to come up with something is like, I would go to an open mic, like in New York or in Brooklyn, you know, in Brooklyn. And I would come with like the germ of an idea. Like, I know this character is going to be, you know, whatever, like, uh, you know, shitty, you know, military general, whatever. Okay. And I come with a germ of idea. It's like, it's a military general and he's super intense or something like that. And then I would just go and kind of maybe have one or two lines to like kind of anchor me in. And then I would just like improvise with the audience and then I'd try to record it. And then I would like, there would be a lot of fluff and I'd like scrap that. But then I'd be like, Oh, those two, three, four, five lines worked. Keep that. I'll try it again next week. Keep Mm -hmm. those and then improvise some new lines and then like slowly build it that way. 
uh, once I started doing that, um, it got like easier and quicker to kind of write those, I, you know, write stuff that, like, you know, literally the, the, the process of physically writing down lines for me is, uh, that has been like a recent development, <laughs> you know, like, uh, especially during COVID, I have to do that cause I have no like audience to work right. stuff out of. Um, and so, um, it kind of gradually developed from there. And it got easier, you know, because, you know, just the more I did it, the easier it was to kind of know what might work without putting it in front of an audience. But especially initially, I needed to see it in front of an audience because I didn't know what would work and what wouldn't. That's very interesting. It reminds me of stand up uh, Mm -hmm. because early on you are just kind of throwing whatever you wrote down or came up with out there. And uh, then you learn like okay, this sort of stuff ends up doing well, like you're talking about. Uh, and, yeah. and it is a weird time, but once that starts happening, it is sort of like surreal almost, where you start going like, oh, um, it won't work this way. <laughs> or they wouldn't want to hear about this because they hear about this all the time. Like, just knowing yeah. that, like once you get to that level, it's like, how did I get here? Right. <laughs> Why I am I here all that, of a sudden? Yeah, right. I was literally just thinking that like, Literally, I just felt that like this month. I was like, oh, wow, now it's starting to get easier. <laughs> uh huh. You mentioned something there about writing while you uh, have not been able to go in front of an audience and how that has developed. Do you have anyone that you can bounce stuff off of at all? Or is it all just you uh, using the sort of tool of knowing what has worked, <laughs> what kind of things work? Yeah, I mean, at this point, pretty much, um, well, you know, so I have my girlfriend who will, like, film stuff that I do sometimes, and, like, (laughs) if she laughs, I kind of know that works, but, like, you know, making one specific person laugh as opposed to, like, (laughs) an audience or, like, millions of people, it's, like, you know, it's different, so right. um, mostly I've just had to rely on, yeah, those instincts, and, you know, and that's kind of the thing, too, is, like, you know, everything I'm doing now, I'm just, like, putting it, putting out there online, and, and my, I've pretty much for the past few months just been posting every day, and usually come doing something new every day, um, and, yeah, it's kind of like a, a bit of trial and error, but also, like, you know, I'm lucky because I came into this time uh, kind of having honed that, like, instinct. Um, so, yeah, I would say mostly I'm just kind of relying on that instinct that I learned performing live for so many years of, like, mm-hmm. this This makes me laugh. And also I kind of have in the back of my head the audiences, what the, you know, what would work. Right. Obviously a lot of people have heard – two heads are better than one when you're writing alone though. Uh, and you need that extra thing that's going to help propel the idea forward. So you can come up with new ideas. Do you have any sort of ways to, uh, uh, get those new ideas if you're writing alone? Lately, I haven't really, but that that being said, like I always thought of something myself and that's why I wanted to do improv in the first place. It was like, I had very low confidence in my own ability to write solo because like for me, you know, I'm funny when other people are around. That's why I, you know, it's just like I have this instinct to want to turn it on. Uh-huh. Um, and that's like really fun. So like, but, but knowing that instinct in myself, I was like, you know, I need other people around to be able to be funny and come up with ideas. And so kind of having this time to like, really i mean really it's all been by myself um and then also um to you know to put it out there and see what works and what doesn't and like some of the stuff has worked has given me like a new confidence kind of in my own you know abilities to just write by myself oh cool is there any difference between writing a character piece and, and when you would do videos before to TikTok, I mean, I, some of the stuff that I'd seen before you were really doing a lot on TikTok, they were the longer videos. Um, and that seems like you would take a specific kind of approach to it. So is, is there a difference when you're preparing for TikTok bits 
or uh, is there not? And and it's just still the same animal, just uh, different length. Yeah, no, I I think, and it took a little bit of time, you know, because it took a little bit of time for me to figure out, you know, like within you know under a minute, and, right. uh, you know, doing it for TikTok and Instagram, like. Um, it took some time for me to kind of like adapt, change, you know, adapt and, you know, change the way I think about it to more of a, um, you know, to that style. But I actually think it really suits my own taste and instincts really well because it just forces you to just strip away all bullshit. It's just like, yeah, just like get right to it. <laughs> um, and like, um, and and by not leaving that room for fluff, it forces you to cut it out anyway. So right. I've really kind of enjoyed, you know, doing it. Now that once I've finally figured it out what works, um, I you know I really enjoyed it. It works really well because there's I think I think having more time is good for TikTok than the amount of time people had on Vine. I've said this before, yeah. but like Vine. I think it threw off the rhythm of comedy. Whereas TikTok, even if you're doing 15 seconds, that's a little more time than the average person had on Vine. Because at one point on Vine, it was like seven seconds or something like that. Right. (laughs) But uh, so having double the amount of time actually helps. So you're not rushing a joke or or forcing too much in. Because people start doing that really fast talking thing so they can get, you know, and it's just like, this is not enjoyable. I'm totally distracted and there's no rhythm. There's no comedic rhythm to this. And so that's one thing I like about comedy on TikTok. It's that people get to the point because they have the time to just say like, okay, I can do this and I can do this within 60 seconds. Right. Yeah, exactly. So like, um, yeah, exactly. There's no joke that you can't fit into a minute. Right. Um, But also it's like for people – like me probably who got used to having an unlimited amount of time or like, you know what, my head was thinking three to four minutes in my head. Cause I was thinking of doing it live. Mm-hmm. It forced you to trim the fat and you know, you can get, do the funniest thing in a minute. Yeah. Trimming the fat is one of the main things I feel like <laughs> people have to learn, especially uh, when people are starting out, uh, they're getting, getting too long winded or whatever. And it's uh, a, a good medium because people can also actually edit <laughs> mm-hmm. um, when it comes to, to TikTok. Mm-hmm. Character pieces are really uh, like your bread and butter uh, on TikTok as well because that's something you can utilize uh, in such an easy way because mm-hmm. you can just write a title of like, right. you know, this type of character, and now you don't yeah, even yeah. have to set it up beyond that. You just be that type of person, and everyone knew what, what you were going for instantly. Yeah, no, I love that aspect because, you know, even when I'm doing it live, you know, as opposed to there are certain different, you know, it's an emerging kind of, like, school of comedy, I guess you could say, like, to do it live like that. But, like, you know, certain people are like, you know, you have to like weave the, you know, div, uh, the, um, you know, or the, the whole point of the character into the character bit itself. But like, when I would perform characters live, I would be like, you know, I would pretty much say the title right up front. I'd be like, this is what you're about to see right now. I'm not going to do any, I'm just going to go into it. Right. Why, why bullshit around? Like, why, you know, it's, it's going to be awkward and corny and <laughs> like, you know, it's a waste of time. So I'm like, here's what you're about to see. Here's exactly what I'm about to do. And then I don't have to waste time, you know, you know, uh, explaining the premise in the bit itself. I could just get right into it. And so I kind of like that about TikTok too. Like I, I don't think there's anything wrong. And I really like just coming out with the exact premise and then just doing like, you know, jokes. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, it's very, uh, that's something very much that people can learn from improv, especially game-centered improv, where you, uh, and the way the UCB really sharpens you to come right out in that initiating line to say, like, here's the joke I'm going for, and then we just, we just do bits on that. Uh, it's, and 
the beauty with TikTok or, or video at all is that you can then hone that down into to specifics. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying when I first saw you on there, I was like, oh, yes, this is a perfect medium for him because you can come up with bits like like nothing else. I mean, you're really a bit machine. Um, I am not a bit machine. I can't come up with a lot of bits, I feel like. But you've, you're, you're very prolific uh, in that way. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that. And that was something like, you know, I worried about at, be, at the beginning. You know, you're like, how, how much and how quickly can I come up with this stuff? Um, you know, especially when I first started doing it and started to get a little, like, attention on there. Um, you know, initially what I was doing was, like, taking old bits that I'd written before or performed live and adapting them to TikTok or just doing them on TikTok. Um, but then I, you know, I started to gain more confidence by like, you know, just starting to like post and put out stuff that I'd never performed live. And that was the first step. I was like, you know, I don't know how this is going to do. And then I put out stuff that I'd never tested out. And I was like, oh, this did okay. You know, people like this. And then slowly from there, now it's at the point where I'm like, I've really been writing brand new stuff, you know, here in quarantine, ideas that I've come up with and they've done well. And it's just given me this whole new confidence to, I, I'll just say like that, the idea that I could be this prolific is as much of a shock to me as it is to anyone else, you know? Well, it wasn't a shock to me at all. I mean, it was uh, honestly having seen the stuff that you had done on stage. I, that's why I was like, oh, yes, perfect. Because there's so much. And also the videos I had seen before TikTok uh, right. was, uh, of yours uh, made it very clear that that was going to be a good medium for you uh, to come up with stuff. Mm -hmm. When you're developing ideas, how, how, what is your method? Are you one who... Uh, will jot down ideas throughout the day and then you just pick a time to work on it? Or do you pick a time to come up with ideas? Yeah. So I would say like I have an, a, you know, a note in my notes app, which is just insanely bizarrely long and it <laughs> way precedes, um, you know, COVID, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's just huge of just like character ideas or like bit ideas you know, mostly they're characters. That's just my, the way my brain works, but it's like, mm -hmm. you know, just bit ideas. And so, yeah, definitely. I, you know, I mean, I could, I could read you some right now. Um, yeah. yeah. But, you know, so I have, uh, you know, I'm just constantly writing bits down in particular in this uh, note in my notes app. Mm -hmm. And, but then when I, I then, especially I've kind of gotten into this rhythm, which has worked out really well is like I will sit down, carve out a few, you know, probably an hour, hour or two every day to take, to go through my notes app and look at the like, you know, bare, like the skeleton of an idea that I jot down. Uh -huh. um, and then I just start to flesh it out. And I flesh it out by, you know, especially since they're usually characters, I come up with dialogue or like, you know, you know, lines that this character might say. Uh -huh. um, and then, you know, I kind of do it really um, stream of consciousness. So I kind of like I take the I have this character idea. And usually when I write down a character and I want to work on it, I already kind of have the voice in my head. <laughs> and then I write down lines that they might say. And then when I'm finally ready to like record it, I will kind of like go through and be like, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. I'll be like, I'll keep these seven or ten lines and then, then I'll record it. And then there's another layer of like, once I record it, I was like, yeah, it looked good on paper, but saying it doesn't sound as funny. So that's how I kind of trim the whole process of trimming it down. Yeah. But um, yeah. And then uh, that's also a quality control thing. I mean, if you're saying like, okay, I'll write down whatever comes to mind in my notes app. But then when you sit down to look at it, you go, you can say like, okay, not really this idea. Uh, now that I look back on it with fresh eyes, but this one could work. And then as you just described, like your process of, uh, of, of breaking it down, that's really smart. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like that's yeah. Quality control is a great, I mean, because this is, you know, this app right here, 
I mean, there, this note here, I mean, I'm scrolling, 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 scrolling. There's tons of garbage in here. And I would say it's like 90% garbage. But, right. You know. <laughs> Have, I mean, and, and since it's been a year, maybe enough time hasn't passed. But there, is there anything that's old that you've come across where maybe one day uh, a couple years ago you, you looked at it and like, oh, this isn't a great idea. But then you thought of a great idea for that thing. Yes. And that's what has really been the most or one of the most fulfilling and exciting aspects of doing this TikTok thing. Cause like, you know, whereas it is a bit more high stakes to like, you know, sh- you know, schlep out somewhere and do it live. And you're like, I got one shot. I'm at this open mic. I get three minutes. I really have to be a lot more selective. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like a lot of what I've been doing, especially on TikTok has allowed me to, it's given me the breathing room to be like, you know, maybe ideas that I wouldn't have done live were good. I always wanted to do it, but I couldn't figure out a way to do it or Mm -hmm. I didn't want to try it out or, you know, whatever. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, um, like I'm trying to, I can, I can think of an example. So like um, uh, I want to go, okay. Oh, perfect example. So like, I always thought that the Green Day musical was just like hilarious. The idea that there was a Green Day musical and like, uh, and so, but I never could figure out like, how would I do that live? Like it, it was really just a germ of an idea or, you know, like, and literally all I had in my head, the only thing I had in my head was like, I wanted to say, do want to be an American idiot? It's just like, like do that in the like Broadway voice. And that's literally all I had. And I would like joke, you know, joke to people sometimes, but like I had that in my head, but I could never think of how to turn it into like something or I never even really, I had it written down, but I never really can thought seriously about doing anything with it. And so this has kind of given me, I like fully fleshed it out and it became a whole thing and did pretty well. And like, you know, stuff like that has been really cool to, you know, and giving me confidence in, in like, you know, some of the ideas like that, that I should like really try them out and can try them out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you are working on a TikTok, what new has come to developing these characters? Like what, uh, because before, I mean, it's audio, I mean, it's video editing either way. But um, when you're doing the other videos that you were doing before TikTok that were a little bit longer form, like I'm thinking some of the uh, maybe the now this parody sort of videos. Um, Has there been a transition from how you have to approach doing a a piece now since it's like 60 seconds max? Yeah, I mean, not really. I mean, like, I, I guess... I'm trying to think of like how it's actually different and like how I think about it differently. Uh But I think, um, really it's just, I just, you know, kind of the ability and that's what I always wanted to do, but I didn't, you know, now I'm forced to like articulate this kind of style that I always had, which is like, just get out the fun. You know, you have a character say the funniest thing that that person could possibly say. And that's all you have to say. And that's all you should say. Cause no one wants to, you know, that's what people want to listen to. Just get to the funniest you know, part of it. Like, um, and so that's kind of been really clarifying in a lot of ways, you know, like when I, you know, when I think of like my favorite movies or TV shows, like the funniest or, you know, com- when it comes to comedy, it's like the funniest and most memorable parts of those movies are not they're like to me they were always like the throwaway lines and they, <laughs> yeah. they would be funny like w- whether or not it had anything to do with the plot at all it's like you know you say a funny thing in a funny way that's the best thing and so it's just like really boiling it down and just be like you have this character say as you know the funniest thing in the funniest way and just kind of trim the fat for sure um, no, and now I'm thinking of a bunch of like Anchorman lines. It's like, well, that's so funny, but it's nothing to do with the story, really. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like Anchorman's a perfect example. It's like that whole movie is chock full of like, and I love Anchorman because it's yeah. chock full of just like funny characters saying funny things, and like you know, you have this newsroom 
uh, you know, 70s like vibe just to like kind of give you the like tent poles uh-huh. of the thing. But like that's just to give you like to create like a sandbox for these characters to run right. around in and say fun thing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh man. So what when you got into comedy, maybe you had an idea of where you wanted to go and maybe that's changed, but what is the uh, intent? Is it just to make stuff or, or, you know, are you also hoping to, uh, uh, you know, get gigs through it? Yeah. I mean, like my goal is to like, and, and you know, my goal is to like, I would say my goal is to just be able to like fully do this, uh, do it full time, fully support myself doing it. That would be the dream. Um, more like concrete is um, to be able to, um, you know, I just want to be able to like make stuff and have people see it. You know? yeah. like, uh, that's really the goal. So to like not have to do anything else. That's the- <laughs> right. That's a pure goal, man. I mean, just you <laughs> success is people seeing it. <laughs> That's what yeah, I want. Truly. Yeah. yeah. Like just as many people, as many people as possible seeing and liking what I do. That's the goal. Yeah. Well, man, uh, I've loved having you on. We've now reached the end of the episode. It's time to create something together. I think the obvious <laughs> thing would be maybe to show how to, uh, break a character and uh, or or do a piece uh any ideas for how to go about that sure yeah i mean we can i i, I kind of mentioned before so we can kind of work through i mean my notes are like insane um <laughs> what happens that makes you write something down in the note section is it an observation about people or is it a, you know what what is going on uh that makes you write something down Usually it's an observation about people, um, but, you know, uh, or, or it's just imagining a funny dynamic. So <laughs> one, one, no, one idea I have that I, I actually probably, this, this is a, I'll probably end up doing this week. Um, I've kind of already written a few lines down, but I don't have them in front of me, but like a kid who like really is like obsessed with his mom's new boyfriend <laughs> okay. and the idea that like, you know, cause well one, you know, now I'm like really just like thinking through my thought process that all this stuff is like subconscious, but like, it's funny to me because like, you know, one, usually the kid like hates the mom's new boyfriend. Uh-huh. And, but then the, so the idea that he like thinks he's awesome <laughs> is like really funny to me. And like, you know, kind of like, obsessing over but also it feels like really real because like you know you imagine like a 12 year old kid and you've got like maybe like a 35 year old guy who like still plays video games and is like good looking and like you know like like why wouldn't he be obsessed with that guy so like you know uh, i kind of like had this idea like you know like you know the and, and then you know getting the kind of weird stuff so it's like you get the 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 boyfriend coming down in the morning and the kid's already up he's like well you guys were up late last night and and are like um he's like oh man like oh, i thought we were going to play xbox all right i'll catch you later like tries to high five like <laughs> <laughs> yeah like uh oh you're going out on a date with my mom ah too bad yeah oh, man no i mean she's gonna have a blast like i know you're gonna rock that thing tonight <laughs> like, that's hilarious yeah oh man yeah. um <laughs> and so like it, kind of then like now i'm even thinking it's like you know kind of reversing the roles of like you know the protect the, or, or the protective dad, like the kids, like you get her home safe. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Like, okay, can't wait to see you later. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and this, I guess that slips into it, uh, like finding the tropes that people usually do, and then just how you can make a joke about that. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when do you know that you have enough? Um. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, it's different for different things. Like TikTok makes it really easy because you just don't need that much in terms of like time. You know, right. I mean, once you get a good idea, you get enough like 30 seconds to a minute. Literally, right. it's like there's a time limit on it. That's so. Yeah. I mean, you fit a lot into uh, the video. I've, I've last, last few days, I've just watched a bunch is the uh, uh, kid uh, who goes skiing. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the kid that's no fun. Right. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, but there's so many different moments in that, you know, and it doesn't feel too long and it's not rushed at all either. So it's just so perfect. You, you're getting this stuff in, but you know, it's a lot of people, especially people who start out in comedy will say like, uh, I mean, I've heard so many stand up say this at an open mic. Uh, I was like, Oh, only five minutes. That's not enough time to get into anything. Yeah. And so I'm sure people would think like a minute, how do you fit anything into a minute? But you fit so much into it because a minute's actually longer than people realize. Yeah. Especially in comedy. Um, yeah. I think, you know, as I said, like the process of like, you know, coming up with like, a, you know, a lot of content and then trimming it down. Um, is like helps just to like you're left with only the best stuff um and then um you know yeah i guess it's just like kind of the voice in the back of your head like just knowing what works um and uh and then you know and, and but and, you know in different characters work to different or different bits work to different degrees like that one you know i kind of that that's one I had never done before COVID and it's ended up being kind of like my most well-known and popular character. Um, and like that one is just so easy for me to write because like <laughs> there's a little bit of me, there's a little bit of so many other kids I've known growing <laughs> up, like, um, and like, that's a composite of many, you know, I call it the kid that's no fun. And like, you know, there are many ways to be no fun as a kid, you know what I mean? And it's positive a lot of like, he's like, you know, a tattletale, he's like curmudgeon, he's whiny, he's a brat, he's also a pathological liar, you know, like, and, and so just like, that's just like, that has, that character has just wound up being kind of like endless, like goldmine of things, because I just know so many different kind of ways to be that character and so um but like you know other characters you know for example i have this other character like that's like a european dj kind of character <laughs> uh -huh. um which actually i i first did in college and that's really funny i had never done it in new york and then you know when i was coming up with ideas i resurrected it and it ended up being pretty popular oh. but um but that that one like I that one I don't really think I have so much more to say in that character. Um, so it, you know, you were asking like when's enough. You know, it, it's also the opposite of like <laughs> yeah. you don't really have much else to say. You, in that <laughs> right, right, right. When have you definitely said enough? Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Well, there it is, Kyle. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. This has been awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. What a great chat. I hope you enjoyed that. And Kyle is great. Listen, that's not just a truth. It's also his handle on TikTok and Instagram, at Kyle Gordon is great. That's where you can find him. And you can find me on TikTok, at Jason Farr Talks, and on Instagram, at Jason Farr Picks, and Twitter, at Jason Farr Jokes. And you can find the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at There It Is Pod. As mentioned before, we have a YouTube page. Go to youtube.com slash there it is. And you can also check out our comedy lifestyle newsletter. It's free. It goes out on Mondays. You can sign up for that and find out more about the podcast on thereitispod.com. Links in bio. Great episode next week. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. Jason Farr.